0: That new doctor seems like so much fun. Oh,
1: oh. Shuty Gutware is phenomenal, and I, I am so glad that he's in the show that respects him in terms of script wise.
2: Gosh. Uh yeah. James, I I'm trying to phrase this mm-hmm. delicately. Are you mm-hmm. a super hulak household?
0: I was not I was not a big fan of supernatural. Um okay. mm-hmm. I did watch like the first I want to say three three or four episodes of Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And there was only one good episode out of okay. all mm. of those. I mean, yes. And and then everything, like, every clip I saw of the show afterwards was, like, just bad. And I slowly realized my problem was Stephen Moffat, who is, like, an okay writer and a bad showrunner. Just, like, mm-hmm. a bad showrunner. Mm-hmm. He inexplicably has written some of my favorite Doctor Who episodes, but it feels like if you give him enough control of something, he can't help but be a sexist idiot. Like, okay. uh, okay. mhm, mhm. <laughs>
2: Oh my! Angelo, shh, 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 shh. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's what it's do you mean? It's fine. fine. He's it's bleeding. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We fixed Cable. it. We fixed it. We fixed it. I fixed it. We fixed it. We fixed it. It's fine. He's he's not. John a, it,
3: John it. Like goes to Angelo's body and like puts his fingers up on uh, his neck, checks for a pulse. It's he he feels a very faint pulse, but then I can't remember where Angelo was knifed
2: i don't think we said i think it was just that man's dying and dead and got stabbed
3: all right so, cool yeah. so john it, john it runs over to angelo uh taps the his neck and feels for a pulse there is something faint there and he gives that gives him a little bit of like relief but there's like so much there's a lot of blood. And so he is very frantically like patting around his chest where his clothes are like separated where there is a, a gash. And he's like sort of like rips the part way part of clothes open to sh- see a I would say like a a scar, a very recently scarred over like, yeah, entry point where Gable has just sort of patched him up and there is a a big like a big exhale but jonat is shaking oh. Oh. Oh,
2: okay it's not my best uh. i'm sorry it was...
3: <laughs> hey it'll do oh. it'll do oh, oh angelo sweet sweet angelo oh, uh, oh okay. Johnit grabs Angelo's cheeks. Oh, sweet, sweet father of a man, Angelo, you're going back. You're going back with your kids. You're going back with your kid. And he he touch. touches his head to Angelo's head. uh I okay. All
2: right, let's think clearly. Only one foot in from the other. What makes the most sense right now? Okay, we can't leave. A visibly bloodied man out in the middle of the street, who has probably seen our faces. Where can we take him? Where should we take? Should we take him anywhere? Is that wrong? Should should we should we take uh, him to his house? Where does he live? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. where is he and his beautiful family resides. Uh, I know. He, he works in a, he works he works in a gift shop. Oh.
3: wait wait wait. Okay okay okay. okay All right. Okay. We don't know. We don't know who we can trust in in this town, and and that knife, that cleaver, that ah, uh, it's 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 somewhere. It's
2: it's always something. It's always it's not just all the other things we have to deal with. It's always something new and fun and funky, fresh that we have to just okay, cool. There's a big stabby knife around. Great, keep an eye out for that. I feel like I'm going to fall into a million. Pieces. Oh. <gasps> Gable, wait,
3: I know when I feel like this, I feel like it's just it's it's time to talk to the captain. We, okay. I think we got to we got to talk. But but I can stay here with with Angelo. I, I, I feel like we shouldn't move him.
2: I I think I think it is fine to move him based on what I, I have experienced and done. You just said it wasn't your best work. It's
3: not –
2: cosmetically, aesthetically, not my best work. A little – just unpleasant to look at, but should be fine. I think it is – but because it is not my best work, I think it is important that we get him to someone who – or a series of people who have a little bit of experience with wounds. So I think – If you feel like you can lift him or support him to get him to the ship and then uh, just lay him out somewhere and uh, use any of our if find someone you think might be able to help. uh, And I will go get the captain um, and hopefully we'll come right away and we won't dilly dally and we won't have uh-huh. court intrigue or anything uh-huh. like that, and I'll get back right away to help with with, with all this.
3: Okay, okay. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, John it. Oh, how is John it going to try and hoist an unconscious man? John it is shorter than most. Okay, John it's going to, uh, John it's going to do a left, look right, look left, look right again, and there's going to be like a, <laughs> there's going to be a man, like, Block down the alley. Who just like crosses into view before crossing out the other side? And he was carrying a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and Jonnet is going to be for a split second. Going to be like, "Stay here." He's gonna book it down that end. And all you see, all you see is Jonnet's back uh, as he runs down the alley. He makes a right. Uh, he disappears in out fr- uh, of frame. You hear a
2: buy your wheelbarrow. And then you see <laughs> <laughs> it's my dollars we wear out, and how the
3: generations? this is highway robbery,
2: And then
3: you see, like you see, an explode, small explosion of gold bits just like fly back and the frame oh, oh, at the end of the alley. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, no, 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 okay, this is, this is mine now, this is mine now. And so, uh, Jonet is going to book it around the corner, <laughs> wheelbarrow, he's going to uh, grab the shoulders, he's going to ask Gable to grab the legs.
2: <laughs> uh-huh, all right, this is fine.
3: <laughs> and one, two, you just
2: gave that scoot-o-do-do. man so much money gave him so this this
3: this wheelbarrow cost me three months salary on the ship
2: you you changed that man's life forever
3: (laughs) i feel like out of game i feel like i did come to come here being like i'm gonna do good so this counts
2: (laughs) we got one Uh, one one in the
3: (laughs) oh wait and then uh and then uh, he's like, oh, I can't just be walking around town with a man in a wheelbarrow. Uh, he looks left, looks right, looks left. There's another person with a big old blanket. <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> That's cold.
3: And he runs down the aisle.
2: <laughs> How much for that blanket? What if a blanket is <laughs> my
0: nans <laughs> and my so.
2: Belts
3: him with some silver bits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yanks the blanket. <laughs> thank you, thank
3: you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> And then throws it over Angelo. It's a beautiful okay. Thing. <sighs> okay, all right. all right. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this man back to the ship. Okay, Uh
2: and uh, send send a message if you need anything. Hopefully, we'll be back very shortly. And um, if you if he wakes up, d- impress upon him that everything is normal. Two little thumbs up. <laughs> Sure, Gable. It, it's <laughs> and s- normal. <laughs> Everything
3: is normal. Uh, and so, uh, Jonat grabs the handles of the wheelbarrow, picks them up, starts to walk away, and then uh, puts them down. And then grabs for Gable's arm. Mm. And then, real quick, uh, Gable. Mm. And then we get like a close up, uh, a, a tight shot of Janet's face. We really see like the the strain in his face as he says this. Gable, please, hurry.
2: <laughs> straight there, straight, straight back. back. Absolutely. Nothing will deter me from this goal. Okay. I will come right back to you. All right. Thank you, Gable. I promise. Now, off with you. Goodbye, Angelo. Okay. Oh, please stay alive. <laughs> and Gable runs off toward to, to talk to the captain.
0: I think we can turn ourselves to a dinner party uh, hosted at a mansion constructed by the Red Feather Syndicate. I think this comes at an inopportune moment of relative silence and quiet. Nathan, for you specifically, what I'm going to ask is, what moment does Gable specifically interrupt with their
1: arrival? Uh... Is the Church of the Slain God inclined to have, like, you know, a a prayer before a meal kind of energy?
0: God, of course they
1: must be. (laughs) Of Mm. course they must be. Even if there's no kind of, like, dialogue-led and it's just a moment to contemplate one's existence?
0: I like it being a call to silence specifically. Mm -hmm. There is something about that that feels very Church of the Slain God, where instead of a prayer before a meal or offering thanks, you are intended to listen for the silence of the absent God and be aware of his absence before you dine. I think it is a moment where uh, you know, obviously, Aravetti is leading this moment of silence, and it's a thing where everybody is seated at the table. Um, food is like out, but you know, covered up, not fully served, and Aravetti is standing, um, you know, off to the side of, of the head of the table. As obviously, Edith Truss is is sitting at that head of the table, and begins the silence and oromar i don't know how much experience you have with the church of the slain god in a sense mm-hmm. it's inescapable they um, it's a religion that makes itself encounterable specifically it is one of mm-hmm. the only religions on all of spear that uh has an evangelical element to it that intends to spread itself that is a foreign notion in most places. Mm -hmm. Um, And this practice, this practice of silence is probably something that Oromar has at least observed before. But this is the first time that it has been led with someone who is capable of sights and wonders, who performs the church's miracles. And as it begins, there is a beat where the silence is itself. And after that, the silence deepens. You feel as though you are falling down a well. Mm. Um, it's almost a sensory deprivation where the room fades away. Then you hear your body as, you know, you, you have somewhat recently gotten over being Mm -hmm. able to hear the blood pumping through your veins. Um, the thundering of your heart, the rasping of your breath, even that begins to fade away until you are floating within this nothingness. The only thing for you is sight. And it even feels as though the lights in the room are dimming. Gable, how do you interrupt this moment?
2: I'm trying to determine how much I know about, like, even where Ormar is. Um,
0: I think this is a big mansion in mm-hmm. a town that is kind of... This mansion, this is where all of the Red Feather officials live and the offices are not far from here. I think this town is small enough that this is one of the things that you can figure out. Like... Without any instruction, without even being able to read the language, I think you'd be able to find the factories uh, in in this town quite easily. You can find the church quite easily. And I think this is the other tallest landmark here. Gotcha.
2: What I think it looks like is um, the front door had footmen or uh, people just posted to, uh, like, Be butlers and things like that and gable opens the door and just sort of sweeps by them so as they walk the beeline to where they imagine people are they've got these two like very uh flustered uh uh very flustered footmen just like oh no please Uh, we couldn't oh Oh, sorry sorry. good gracious
0: oh you mustn't Uh, you mustn't
2: and so they're be be lining and then they uh, right in the middle of the silence, they slam open the door in <gasps> and start scanning the room mm. and then nearly immediately remember who they're supposed to be to these people.
0: Yeah, you, you scan the room. Everybody, I think, jumps and mm-hmm. it is almost like like a jump scare, full on jump scare, because everything was so quiet and. I think you make eye contact with uh, 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 Vista Aravetti. You can see him, like, standing up. He doesn't look annoyed. Um, it is, like, it's very obvious that this person was, like, doing something or leading something. And you can see, like, relatively humble, casual church clothing on him, you know, for for those who know Catholic priests, they have like the black shirt and the collar. Mm-hmm. Uh let's actually very quickly in, just invent what that is for uh the world of sphere. I love I love fashions.
1: Hmm. Uh it is a I, I still think it's a, like a circular s- strap around the neck. Mm-hmm. Uh but it almost has uh tiny clasps that go uh Actually off to the sides, it almost connects like epaulettes to whatever they're wearing on.
0: Ooh, top. Like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like like kind of like silver chains almost?
1: Yeah, you could the, I, I think they the, the the what is what around the neck is the standard bit of white definitely white, almost like silk cloth or ribbon, but it has clasps on it and people tend to decide how they go and connect it. Uh, ground it to the rest of their outfit. So something like these chains, straps, whatever.
0: Building off that, we decided that the symbol of the Church of the Slain God is like this eye that is like kind of crying blood. So Mm. I feel like there's this dark metal, like almost iron eye symbol, but it has these wonderful silver chains that are hanging off going to the side. And that denotes his position as an occhio vista, which is Mm. like a very important, and specific level of bishop.
1: It's interesting to, to wind back a, a slight moment. In the process of the entire room, like deepening and sinking, Oromar feels the loss of control in this circumstance and hates it quite deeply the the idea of uh the functions of their own body being arrested outside of themselves is a thing that he very specifically never wants to happen to him again um he retreats he sever he severs his soul uh like he he, he's done a handful of times before where he'll go inside himself into the 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 architecture held up by spider strings and tries to use that as a way to kind of keep a degree of control of himself,
0: I would love to get a intellect check from you or Mark. That I makes feel
1: like all I, the sense.
0: Sorry, I like there's I didn't, something to be learned here.
1: I did not previously withdraw the dice. Give me just a second. Go get that. Hey, setup.
0: no, it's okay. The way we run this show. Are you kidding? I norm- I'm normally on top of it. But uh, <laughs> you are the most on top of it. I would never besmirch your good name. Right. Okay.
2: Meanwhile, I'm not going to pull up my character sheet until <laughs>
1: <laughs> until the last even dire, with this
0: specific
1: warning here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... So my intellect is a three d eight currently. Perfect, uh, and I think I will. I think I will maintain that. We're not going to roll additional modifiers. I am going to have to actually dig out where my d eights are. Though. Uh, okay. Uh, let me know when you're ready. I I am ready. What you got? Wonderful. I got two eights and a six. Hmm. Okay. All
0: right. Oh, that's a failure with Mm -hmm. three fate coming your way. Okay. And an opportunity. I think you are frustrated or maybe shocked to discover that retreating to the Mind Palace does not work or does mm. not work in the way that you want it to. Mm-hmm. You still feel like hypnotically isolated. I think the opportunities are that you understand that whatever is happening in this moment is happening on a metaphysical and spiritual level mm-hmm. in addition to a physical level or or maybe even more so than a physical level. There are are a lot of factors here that are not accounted for the one thing that you you are experiencing is that even here it feels arresting like this the silence entombs you
1: Mm. Uh, and i think at the point that uh gable comes in and breaks the spell uh, figuratively and literally um oromar's body or I suppose Julian LaBelle's body yeah. has, uh, unknown, unbeknownst to him, gripped the edge of the wooden table and has started to crack with how physically hard he's been subconsciously gripping it while trying to maintain being above, I... floating above the silence.
0: Okay, I I love that detail, and I don't necessarily want to punish you for it, <laughs> but mm. I oh, I it did... is a big giveaway. <laughs> I did roll pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. I believe Aravetti has noticed mm-hmm. your table. Oh
1: goodness, Tom! What are uh, you doing here? S- sorry, you called me at the wares. You, you, uh, put the frighteners up me, as it were. <laughs>
2: G- Gable like stands up a little straighter and t- tries to put on the face. Um, And in a a very direct way, but also a stage whisper, Gable walks over to you on the table and does one of those like lean over stage whispers Mm -hmm. as as if to present like, oh, this is just for you. But um, my lord, my apologies, but this could not wait. The young sir has a message for you that he would like to he, he refused to let me wait until your meal was over for me to deliver it to you so at your convenience please i will be in uh, in uh, at your convenience and then stands up
0: Hey, Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, by now the announcement has gone out, and Dylan, super Dylan, Appellian is the new host of the One-Shot Podcast. I'd love for all of our heroes out there to give Dylan a hearty hello. Heroes, next week we are going to be making a major announcement about Skyjoust, Uh, so keep your ears peeled for that. And of course, while you're waiting, you should check out the brand new Skyjoust feed wherever you get your podcasts. We are rapidly approaching unaired episodes. As always, a huge thank you to our backers on Patreon. Our patrons keep this show running. They pay the cast, the editors, for all of our equipment, and of course, they keep me alive. And of course, we thank our patrons with bonus content. In fact, if you're listening to this on the day it releases, we have a new piece of bonus content in the secret archive. A brand new episode of Star Wall. So if you like this show and you want to hear more, be sure to head over to patreon.com/oneshotpodcast and sign up to support us. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. My goodness. I believe if we have observed worshipfulness enough, trusts, like, shoots, it's not an angry or whatever eye, it is just like a firm eye over to Aravetti, Mm -hmm. that it is time for dinner to begin. Your servant, Mr. Lobelest?
1: Yes, if this is an issue with my son, I should probably go and deal with it uh, forthwith if you if i may be excused he takes the napkin from the table and kind of drapes it over his part of the table to try and obscure the crack in the woodwork uh gets up
0: oh my is this an emergency i can have my soldiers dispatched if so
1: well, uh, if it is something that I'm supposed to be hearing in confidence, uh, the young master, <laughs> my son, is uh, somebody who is rather emotionally guarded. At the best of times, he's not really one to open up. It's if there's a matter,
0: of course, of course. If it is, I will allow you to gain uh, knowledge of the situation, um, but know that you have the opportunity for a full intervention by the Red Feather Syndicate,
1: as. Our guest, marvelous. Let's just hope he's not feeling homesick. <laughs> and uh, gets up, bows elaborately, leaves the table.
0: I think the servants kind of like hurry you into a side room somewhere in the mansion.
2: Mm. I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, we we didn't know what to do. I I know I shouldn't be here. Uh,
1: uh oramor puts a hand on your shoulder are you are you all quite all right
2: everyone is fine everyone is fine we we have a situation not pressing not immediate but i believe it is not inherent
1: imme- if it's not immediate gable oh
2: god i'm terrible i'm terribly sorry this place it seems you know how we, we never get a break anywhere we go ever uh, this is just one of those times. Um, we have discovered through very uh various events that uh, there is a a luminary presence here that is quite uh, excitable and foul, and has set its sights upon certain individuals within our party.
1: There's a a gas. Immediately, the rake is involved here.
2: Oh. Oh, I don't believe. I don't believe so. It is <laughs> much more on the nose, I believe. And Gable tells the whole story mm. about the um, John. It had, had a had a cleaver, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now I don't know how we didn't notice he had a big knife all day. That I believe is on
1: us. But oh truly. no! Uh, Arma's eyes widen at the mention of the cleaver—the one I found in the serratura.
0: Oh. Oh, golly. <laughs> and yeah, some, now some things start stitching together. It is like at the mention of that knife, it being pointed out to you. Mm. You remember clearly it being present with you and Jonet throughout the day. Um, mm. You actually, it feels like almost like you are hazily and foggily recalling even taking it from the Saratura. Mm. Uh, like these memories were difficult to grasp at it is very obvious to you that this knife and whatever presence occupies it has worked hard to stay on the very edges of your awareness in order mm-hmm. to not draw suspicion
1: we've played host to some kind of bloody parasite
2: I don't and I I do want to emphasize that it seems that we may have brought it here but the um the spirit of this place is also quite kind to the butcher there has been uh, events in the past that have just made it increasingly likely for it's it to it to gain some power and i i would have waited but i wanted to make sure like if you perhaps you bore witness to a particularly bloody event. I wanted you to keep an eye out for a, a sudden spate of violence or motivations within any of the powerful amongst your party. Or if, if you found a, a knife that was really interesting that you really wanted to hold and like just hang out with, I would suggest you avoid it. I, I This could have been more thought up. I apologize infinitely, but
1: that's that's no, where we are right it's, now. It's fine. We should retrieve it. If we leave it here, considering the way the relationship between those who work here and the Red Feathers, where they have nothing to do with their free time but yearn for bloody retribution to the people that put them there, giving them a weapon to do that could be... The fall of the community. Yeah, it's
2: it's it's all pretty bad. Uh,
1: Although, we... what you raised about um, how it was part of Jonet or latching onto Jonet until it could it realised it could not draw forth any killing intent and then moved. Which that's great to know. Yes, that, awesome to know. It might also be attracted to killing intent. So, uh, it may be a way that we could get it back into our possession.
0: Oh, wow, that's interesting. Well, maybe
2: it's increasingly good that you are here while you're collecting information about your compatriots. If anyone particular seems uniquely bloodthirsty, perhaps that may be a, a good spring trap.
1: Honestly, let me tell you, Gable. everybody here is bloodthirsty in their own way., ooh. their hunger is unslakeable, their thirst rather is unslakeable
2: ooh. i don't, i the vibes in here are real bad <laughs> oh i oh, it makes me feel very yucky, uh, but I suppose there's nothing right now we took angelo i'm so oh I feel so badly about Angelo we took him back to the angelo did see me so we Hmm. have things to explain that's why we took it back to the ship instead of to his own home for someone to for us to john it to look after him um Hmm. nothing to do right now but just wanted wanted to keep you informed
1: looking pensively now past the gable like he's no longer making eye contact he's trying to think of a way around and through this is fine it's probably for the best that a member of the local community was injured rather than a red feather because they would be pursuing the culprit with unreasonable amounts of force uh at the very least they might not necessarily know that angelo has gone for the time being
2: no uh and hopefully later tonight we can See to it if he gets what he needs and potentially doesn't miss is isn't missed too much
1: hmm. You should be proud for saving another person gable
2: possible i i just feel, i feel quite guilty. it would never have occurred to him if i hadn't if if we hadn't made friends it's it's hard to get past that
1: i mean ultimately if i hadn't decided to go and take. We were desperate for resources and anything that looked like we could take back to the ship was worth taking. But ultimately, I am the person that brought that cleaver into our lives. So I have to admit to being at fault.
2: Hey, guilt is not a useful emotion because it's not actionable. I've read that in a book.
1: <laughs> there is a, like a A book sad of affirmations. Mm, there's a sad smile... <laughs> You're right. (laughs) Uh, And if I return, considering the company, uh, his posture relaxes a little bit. Considering the the holy company that uh, I'm currently seated with, I'm sure they'd be able to sense guilt in a person a mile away. So it's best to compartmentalize that feeling for now.
2: Absolutely. Lord knows that's what they're doing in there. So I guess I'll go back. Would you want? I can't really help here.
1: I think at the very least, uh, it seems that every important person in Sorrow's End is currently seated around this table at uh, Ms. Truss's request. So if any of them suddenly feel like they need to be making moves, it feels like a good idea for two strong individuals who are aware of the threat at hand can handle it before it gets too bloody.
2: All i right, right, I'll, I'll hang out in next to the servants i suppose see what's coming in and out of the kitchen Try to make friends i guess or just let me know if you need me
1: yes i i feel you would be uncomfortable if i seated you at the table
2: oh they, they would not like me
0: <laughs> as that is said there's a knock at the door
1: Ah uh, yes, sorry, we, we we took a moment. Uh, hello, hello.
0: Um, Miss Truss was just uh sent us over to make sure everything is in order.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I have been given the full breast of the situation, and I have decided that my son can wait. Uh, but now that I have my assistant here, if uh they may assist. During the proceedings, they like to keep their hands busy. Oh,
0: well, well uh, mistrust uh, had had noted to us that it appeared that uh, your your man Thomas here was an officer aboard your ship, holds a position of uh, authority.
1: Of, of, indeed, they are uh, uh, they are much trusted.
0: W- wonderful. In which case, mistrust would like to extend uh, the the offer of invitation to join our table. Yeah, as, as you are guests here, and I understand that there is a, a, a normal hierarchy, but uh, to the Red Feather Syndicate or privateers, uh, do dine with us as guests.
1: There is a, a wicked smile crosses Julian Larbalest's face. Oh, well, you see, Thomas has taken a, a vow of humbleness. Uh, lavish food is unfortunately uh, something they are abstaining from for the rest of the year.
0: Oh, that is not a problem. We have some very plain foods that can be served to your man, Thomas. Uh, that should be no no issue whatsoever. That is a common diet
1: here.
2: Uh, Gable gives the captain, like... I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) I'm gonna kill you. Uh,
1: the 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 uh, Julian goes very good, very good. Well we'll we'll, we'll resolve where Tom situates themselves.
0: I, I think we do a wipe cut as we move and yeah. we we wipe to the the food being revealed and we can see like a beautiful and magnificent spread plated in front of Oromar. and what looks like a flavorless white paste that is tastefully, but like, you know, as much as you can do for a flavorless white paste uh, placed in, in like a tiny block about the size of uh, a, a stick of butter in front of Gable. Um, Gable, I am definitely going to seat you uh, around the hot seat where Orimar is. Uh, I think <laughs> Aravetti is, is on your opposite side. And you can see that his meal is a flavorless block of paste as well.
2: Uh. It- Gable is not going to speak unless spoken to. Half for the pretend and half because they're royally pissed off.
0: I see you are an observer of humility. Mm Mm-hmm. I must extend my compliments. That is a noble endeavor to take on. Are you a follower of the Sovereign's path?
2: It is of interest to me.
0: He smiles. He smiles in the way that a lot of powerful people that you have encountered on Sphere smile. Um, Power brings with it uh, its own corruptions. And there is a quality to it uh, that links these folk together. The way he smiles is is not even just a smile of somebody who commands a great deal of authority, which obviously this person does, but he smiles in the way of somebody who commands a great deal of power within themselves. I understand that you wish to be humble, and that it might bruise your own path to hear this. But what you are doing is quite commendable, quite exceptional. There are many who would enjoy a position like yours who would not make humility a part of their life.
1: Mm. Oh, yes. Thomas is incredibly humble.
2: It's a recent development. It does not
0: matter when we are called to walk the path of the sovereign. All that matters is that we... Move ourselves down the road at the proper pace.
1: Uh huh. Oh, don't pull that face, Thomas.
0: I think it is important to note that in the text before the fall of the stars, the sovereign made his own, I suppose, affiliations with the the folk of sphere. And the sovereign was. Always drawn to people who possessed a deeper nobility, a deeper grace, a deeper strength. The Sovereign has created so many things, but when he lived, he did love his exceptional things most of all.
2: Gable is just like stuffing their face now and just the irony is so potent that they almost can't even register it it's just like yes this is something that might as well be said sure
1: mm-hmm. despite the fact that um julian is also eating food with some alacrity during this uh there is a kind of glance up at the opposite side of the table making some eye contact with uh lady megan and luther mathers and a glance sideways uh to uh tom in a kind of like ah. Oh, People who work under you, right?
2: Well, it's simply rude to be discussing religion over dinner. It's untoward to have such ungentle topics whilst having a meal.
0: You will have to forgive me. I, I believe that there is no topic gentler than the path of sovereignty and that it intersects with all ways and means of life. But, you know, my position affords me the luxury of making sure that it intermingles in whatever company I might
1: be and keep. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're gentle in your own ways, Lady Ma- Megan.
2: <laughs> Don't pay any attention to me. <laughs> but I, I may—I do have my niceties, indeed.
1: Ah, to niceties. Uh, raised <laughs> glass of wine. Would you like a glass of wine as well, Thomas, or would that also be? Too much for the circumstances. Flat water for me. Very well. Sweating. Oh, so slightly.
0: Flat water as well. A brave soul.
2: Everyone's so dehydrated in in, in- spirit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, hey, back in uh, certain historical times, like, the most common drink was, like, beer. Mm. You'd be drinking beer throughout your day. It wouldn't be heavily alcoholic, but it was one of the only ways that you could make water safe to drink. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, you know, more casual beers and wines that are sung about. And obviously, water would probably have been previously boiled mm. and... uh any kind of carbonated water would would be, you know, seen as safer as there is more air incorporated into it. But flat water is, I think, uh, a thing that is a common request of skyjacks. Skyjacks have the opportunity to harvest moisture from clouds when they mm, are sailing okay. through. And that is some of the safest water in all of Sphere. So it is more common for uh, a skyjack to acquire a taste for still water. Uh And it does make a statement whenever you are on land and request stillwater, because it makes people think you are cool and brave.: <laughs> It is not bravery, it is
2: simply a force of habit. My discomfort at being on the ground mm. leads me to seek comforts.
0: Mr. La uh, you must tell us how have you found the winds and skies?
1: Oh my. Well, uh, around Azure, uh, we are very used to the, uh, specific climes across the seasons. I do have, uh, something of a, of a, a skiff, a yacht that I like to, uh, bandy about when the weather is pleasurable. And it has given me a taste for the airs. Although I must say, uh, the environment here, the, the wind does indeed have a certain, uh, je ne sais quoi, a, a certain essence, a flavor about them that uh, uh, I, I I I found very refreshing, very different.
0: That is an awfully polite way to refer to the weathers that we have around here, which brings me to a curiosity that I have had. I understand that you and your party are here on a bit of a holiday, as it were, what brings you to this region of sphere for holiday? There's not much to see.
1: This is Truss asking, right? Yes. Hmm.
0: I mean, I, that's what I think her voice was. Folks, sure, sure, sure. It was it's a long all. time ago. Hey. No, no, it's no, no.
1: It's uh, a- a- Averetti is, is gentler than Truss, just making sure that I'm hearing it correctly. You're good. Um, this is a line that we've taken before. Uh, Yes. So I must admit, uh, this was a bit of a misadventure of our holidaying. Uh, I must say, those that I do travel with, although there was a strict flight route that we had planned in advance, we do not have, uh, unfortunately, a Skywatcher aboard. I spent very good coin, or bits rather, uh, to have uh, very well maps drawn up in advance. Simple instructions that anyone could follow, they say. And then we ended up a little wayward. Uh, We were in dire straits until we saw the plumes of colourful smoke arising from this delightful little settlement.
0: Oh, I see. So it is not intent that drove you here, but need and convenience.
1: Yes, but as they say, when life gives you ornery griffins, make... A new war bird. Ah, Ha ha.
0: Well, I I must know, as a privateer, you must have dealings then with uh, many of the red feathers uh, farther north.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, In fact, one of the local companies, uh, this is a thing that Oromar would probably know uh, being operated within do the sub do the kind of like sub factions of the red feathers have names or is it mostly like the ships that are named and people kind of go off that so
0: you could pull like if you're looking to pull references like you could you're, you're probably uh, best off with like captains mm-hmm. or station masters mm. or even admirals of within that area the I I'm, I will have your role for it and mm-hmm. the only reason is you've been gone for a year mm. there's a chance there's a small chance mm. that something could have happened mm. it would be against two black d8s so like a normal level of threat okay but yeah you know she is putting feelers out for who you know who you might be affiliated with
1: absolutely oh uh, well, let me see i like so uh Intelligence is a sensible thing to add here, because you know this is mostly working on memory. But I think it would be spicy uh, for uh, reputation to be the role this time. <laughs> um, Interesting.
0: Now, th- how is Oromar's reputation going to weigh into this?
1: Mm. Uh, I, I can can I justify this as a uh, previous reputation? I think. Uh Oromar was good at what he did while he was with the Red Feathers. Um,
0: I, I I think that will make the role harder mm-hmm. only because you were with the Red Feathers so, so long, long ago.
1: ago. Yes. I I am I am intentionally invoking disaster here. I could make this easy for myself, but I like this, this thread. Okay. then um, I
0: I'm going to upgrade these dice and you can use reputation as you like. Mm-hmm.
1: I will spend uh two points from my reputation uh to add another die i think it's correct'll that that add a a, a d six sure so I'm rolling two d eights and one d six all right on the d six it's a one excellent and on the d eights it's a three and a six okay
0: um you are uh, that is gonna come out to just two successes mm hmm I, I guess uh, what what is a a red feather admiral in like this this French region or or what like level of authority do you want to draw mm. on here?
1: I, I I noted down station master. Uh, because that sounded like a fun title to have. Me, Nathan, mm. not knowing what that means, but that's hmm. fine. Um, oh yes, when Station Master Alexander Cricket with two T's, uh, was notorious around in my region of Azure. Um, it was a womanizer, but did good work. truss's face
0: is hard to read as you invoke, uh, Station Master Cricket, and um, then goes. Ah, yes, Master Cricket. He does, uh, reputation aside, he is in charge of quite a profitable region. Station Masters, just for everybody to know, that would be somebody who essentially owns uh, or is in charge of the operations of a major port for the mm-hmm. Red Feathers. So, probably what Station Master Cricket would be managing would be the centralization and distribution of crops grown in the Azure region to the rest of the rediscovered world. So, mm. this would be a person who is like, fairly important within the red feather syndicate but in a localized way Mm -hmm. and it not being an admiral or a captain or something it is specifically someone who wouldn't be uh involved in like this upcoming meeting that's Mm -hmm. drawing on Mm -hmm. which i I think trust trust is sort of implacable goes It's a sensible contact to have in that region. You must Hmm. do very well uh, managing your estates.
1: Pioneered sugarcane across the region like nobody's business. Um... I must say, though, there are some people uh, who try to have a partner in every port, but when you run the biggest port in Azure, it seems the partners come to you. Know what I mean? Glancing again at table to try and get a laugh.
0: I think the, the, this is definitely a laugh for the the,
1: the peanut brigade. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Indeed? Oh, what a god!
1: <laughs> uh, Ormar has resolved that at no point i think edith truss has probably surgically removed her ability to laugh and is not going to attempt to try and uh, yeah. uh put humor it, to her it's but, uh, so
0: interesting cuz like one of the things that we have established about this person is that she has a lot of like well-wishers and benefactors within mm-hmm. uh, the red feather syndicate but we have established like a humorless Bore of a serious person, so mm. I think Edith must just be somebody who gets results.
1: But yes, uh, we 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 do do well for ourselves. Uh, in fact, uh, Mister Cricket uh, had uh, something of a to do uh, with his uh, wider family, which I was resolved in, uh, which I was involved in resolving. Uh, and as a result, whenever we needed a little bit of sugar, not from him, but you know, from the stocks, I just needed to drop a line.
0: Oh, that does sound like Mr. Cricket. He he does take his liberties, but I suppose it befits a man of his station. Well, this must be a banner year for you. I'm quite surprised that you decided to take this year of all years to take your vacation, unless safety was your primary concern.
1: (laughs) Well, you know. Uh, When it comes to the uh, bigger gatherings, uh, when uh, there's a bit of a power play going on, you are either seen or you are definitely seen elsewhere. And there are enough people that I've talked to uh, where, well, I don't want to be airing anybody's dirty laundry at a table, you know, either here or there.
2: It would be impolite with the dinner table, but... Oh,
0: we could be quite bad and gossip a bit. Oh, oh we must be bad. We, we must, must take must our time to be bad. Bad.
2: Oh, I must be in my cups. Oh, how dare I? It's so impolite.
1: Well, you know, when we're somewhere as remote as to this, gossip isn't going to be travelling too far no, now, is indeed. it? Looking no. at the table, gossip not travelling too far now?
0: Uh, I think Mr. Stone goes, Oh, no. Gossip usually just lingers around here. In fact, I believe everyone at this table, Mr. Labelest, will need to hear whatever gossip you have. We're practically starved for it. We have to pay for all our gossip, and the nearest information desk
1: is hours away. All right, let's start making some big-time plays for some big-time players. Give me a second.
2: Skyjacks...
0: How could you turn down 1,000 copper bars? So I accepted. Right away, no questions. And the first part of the order went well. I worked faster than I'd ever worked before. I had the dies made up ready to go. And I pressed 200 copper bars within a week. They came out shiny and bright as ever. Exactly what those dogs were looking for, I'm sure. The problem is, they wanted all of the bars by the end of the month. And even keeping that kind of pace, it was going to be a stretch. But I kept pressing. Working day and night, and I actually got ahead of it, too. Halfway through the third week, I had pressed 700 bars. The end was in sight. I was going to finish early. But of course, I ran into the trouble that you always run into with a big order. And that's supply. You see, the Redfeathers just put in the order. They didn't drop me off a pallet of raw material and say, here, turn this into currency. And we all know their coffers had it too. That's how the systems ought to work, isn't it? They take their bars that are finished circulating, bring them back to their forts, record it all in their ledgers, and then melt it down and start pressing again. But they can't make ledger recordings at remote facilities. All of that has to be done at the fort. So even if all of Sage Town is flush with stamped-up copper bits, I can't be supplied with any of them. I have to find the copper by myself. Supply my own ingots for the job. Now I put in an order with my metal man. He's a good lad, lives several towns over. And he was able to deliver me enough copper for the first seven hundred. But when it came time for the rest of the order, nor could any other reliable metal supplier, within at least three days' flight... I could make the end of the order, I could, but I needed the supply. So as I was nearing the end of the second week, I get desperate. I put out a message, send it deep into the heart of Aram, that I need some travel and merchant, and I'd be willing to pay handsome for copper. 25% over market rate. Even with that, I'd be making a tidy profit for myself. But only one supplier says that they can give me enough for the remaining 300 in time. And they want 50% over market rate. All of a sudden my tidy job is starting to look mighty pinched. But I don't have a choice. So I agree. I strike a deal with damn Nasir. I'd never traded with him before. But I'd heard stories. Always marking up. Always having some excuse. But I just ignored them all. Because I so badly wanted this to work. When he came to town, the way he smiled, I should have known something was off. But I needed the ingots, and I was so deep in the work. The fact that he came a day late, and I should have tested the damn ingots. Well, I overlooked a lot. I pressed those three hundred bars, handed them over to the feathers, and collected my pay. Fifty silver bars to stretch me a long way. Even if it took twenty to get my supply, I didn't know anything was wrong until a soldier showed up on my doorstep, said that I had destroyed Red Feather property by issuing 300 inferior copper bars. I denied it at first, of course. I've got my word, I've got my honor. I know the work that I do is good. But the proof came in their testing Nasir's copper had been diluted, mixed with nickel and zinc. They wanted to find me the full cost of my services. That would have destroyed me. I shut down a month of business so I can complete the order. And I did seven tenths of it, exactly what we agreed. And the only reason the last three tenths were off was because someone else did this to me. Like I said, they don't listen to an individual. I had to go find a red feather lawman to plead my case for me. It was going to cost 15 silver bars. And it would take whatever time to argue the case where I wouldn't be able to do business. My profit was gone. I'd be losing money on this deal. I said as much to my lawman, and he told me that because I was dealing with him, and he was a red-feather official, that I could take the wages that I was to pay to him, and any fines that might have come out of the whole process. I could spend a year and work it away with 30 silver bars of payment. I'd be able to pay to keep my shop open with the money that I had made from the deal, do just six months of work at some camp. And by the time he was done with the case, I'd probably come home to some of my money back of what I paid to Nasir. Even with a few months of unusual work, I'd still be making a profit. So that's the deal that I took. I signed what I owed my lawman and what I was being fined as debt to the Red Feather Syndicate. And I got shipped here to Sorrow's End. It was supposed to be just a few months of work. I'm coming up on a year now, and I could have paid down most of what I owed. But the scarlet was on set quick with me. Much faster than it's supposed to, much faster than it is with so many others. I needed treatment. Last few months, I needed a church bath at least once a week. Otherwise, that just the touch of my clothes would make me sweat through them on the line. There is an end in sight. There is. I've paid out more of what I've saved than I'm happy to admit. And I can't go back to work like this. At home, I'm working with so much heat. With so much clash and metal. I'd die. I don't know what to do. All I know... Is that I'm here and I don't deserve to be. No one does. Campaign Skyjacks is a One Shot Network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Janet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Tyler is on strike alongside his fellow members of the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. You can support Tyler and other striking artists by contributing to the Entertainment Community Fund, linked in our show notes. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Pairs. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at PhantomArtsENT or streaming at twitch.tv slash TheNeonCaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott. Or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at dreams to become or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role playing system designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight.
2: Health to strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends near
1: to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky